that new pattern of behaviors is going to come from a sense of identity, habits, beliefs, and, and all of this is possible because the brain has this really cool uh, property called neuroplasticity. This is the Begin Within podcast, where we believe real, lasting health and fitness requires you to start inside before you work out. I'm your host, Nate Slegger, and I'm here to show you behind the scenes of fitness. You already know exercise is good for you, but what about all the other things in life that affect your fitness? If you're looking for extra motivation to get started or to make sure you keep going, this is the place for you. Produced by BeginWithin.fit. My guest today is John McLernan. He is a weight loss coach who teaches people to lose tons of weight by reverse engineering their own healthy lifestyle without diets. He teaches brain-driven weight loss, which he's going to talk about today in the interview where he marries together the science of metabolism with the psychology of behavior change and the compassion of human connection in order to create life-changing transformations for his clients. I'm really happy to have him on the show today. And he's had his own really remarkable story of losing and keeping off 100 pounds. So he's going to talk about that. And before we get started, a couple of things that I want to ask of you. First of all, a favor. I love having you here. You love being here. That's why you keep coming back. One favor I would ask of you is this. Whatever podcast platform you're listening on, could you please rate and review this show if possible. Of course, follow the show on your podcast player so that you can get notified when we have a new episode. But if you could please rate the show and then review it if you listen on Apple Podcasts, it would mean so much to me. It helps other people to find this show when they're looking for support with health, fitness, and weight loss. So if you could do that, it would not only help me out in order to be able to help more people, but you're going to help those other individuals who discover the show because of your ratings and reviews. Also, I want to tell you about something really cool that we just started in 2022. It is a community. Every single day I'm coaching in this group and you can join absolutely for free and learn the types of things that are helping our clients to lose weight and to get in the best shape of their lives. Not just through tips and tricks when it comes to dieting, but through actually changing habits and behaviors. Please join in that group with us. I'm going to link to it in the show notes. Come on in to the Begin Within Insiders Club by clicking the link in the show notes. Now let's talk about our episode for today. Here are a few things that I want you please to listen for. These are things that are going to absolutely help support you in living a healthier life. I promise. 
in my interview with Coach John. Listen for our conversation about identity and how important it is in this whole process. Listen for his explanation about how eating healthy costs less money and takes less time than unhealthy eating. And finally, listen for his response to that question I ask each and every single week with each and every person that I interview, and that is how to get started. He's going to talk about a concept that is going to really, it's going to make a ton of sense to to you. It did for me, just super logical about how we can find solutions to really big problems. And when it comes to making healthy changes, that can seem like a very daunting process. If you're feeling that way, listen for his explanation of how to get started. Here's my interview with Coach John McLernan. I had quite a varied background. So from nanotech researcher to a marine engineer in the Navy, a four-time entrepreneur with two field businesses and a globetrotting English teacher, um, among other things. There's a few others in that list. But I, I think all of this points to the fact that I just spent a lot of time trying to figure out what I actually wanted to do with my life. Um, but when I, when I, my wife and I spent about three years traveling around the world and we, we lived in South Africa for a period of time and it was down there about 10 years ago that I was attacked and nearly beaten to death. So that incident was extremely traumatic for me and I really wasn't equipped emotionally to sort of deal with the fallout of that. Um, and I didn't, it wasn't really a conscious decision, but I turned to food as a way of trying to escape my trauma and deal with PTSD and things like that. Okay. And so I think it's fortunate that I turned to food rather than say drugs or alcohol. Um, but it was my coping mechanism, my emotional anesthetic. And uh, I, I fell into becoming, I became like a binge eating food addict and I put on about 115 pounds in a matter of about six months, which sounds like shocking. I'm also like a pretty big guy. Like I'm, I'm, I'm six one. My normal walking weight would have been around like 215 at the time. Okay. Um, so I went up to like 330 pounds. And so, you know, I've lost and kept off over hundred pounds, but, and people hear that and they're like, oh, wow, you know, that's, that's amazing. I'm like, yeah, that's a six to seven year journey. Now it's not okay. because it necessarily takes six to seven years to lose that amount of weight but all of the internal work that I needed to do as yeah. a result of like going through trauma, the mental health struggles, things like that meant that like, I tried a lot of things. Um, uh, basically all of my attempts at dieting were, were like not dealing with what really needed to be dealt with in terms okay. of getting to the place of permanent weight loss. Um, and so in a nutshell, I, I really fell into this pattern of sort of like self uh, sort of self-loathing um, because it felt like my body had failed me because I went from being athletic to, to being obese. Mm. And I really started to like, hate my body because I felt like it betrayed me. And sometimes I would even like eat out of spite. And so mm. it was, this is kind of the backdrop for, for, for my hundred pound weight loss though, yeah. and my losing the weight and keeping it off for good. And it almost sometimes feels like I'm describing like a different person. Well, really I am. Like, I'm a transformed person in a sense. And every one of us, if people want to lose weight, this is what it's really about. If you want to lose the weight and keep it off, you have to kind of become this, this transformed person rather than, you know, I temporarily change my behavior and then go back to my old habits. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I could see that being very true. So what what were some of the things that helped you to make that transition or that transformation yourself? Uh, truthfully, the, the the biggest thing wasn't really myself. I would say within myself is the willingness to ask somebody else for help. Oh, so okay. uh, I often say that like trying to trying to fix yourself is a bit like trying to bite your own teeth. Like it doesn't work because you're stuck in your own head, especially when it comes to something like this. You know, I, I'm a former research scientist, nanotech researcher. Uh, I was deep into the supplement science. I was a supplement guru. I've been into manufacturing and retail and things like that. Okay. 
so I tried every supplement under the planet. <laughs> you know, I hired coaches and things. I think the problem was the, the sort of like the weight loss world is still stuck in this. It's shifting, but it's still stuck in this paradigm of you just have to follow this meal plan and have somebody tell you what to do and wag their finger at you when you don't do mm-hmm. it and so on. The reality is like I needed somebody to show me compassion. And that's a very misunderstood concept as well. So compassion really walks a middle road. What I mean by that is, you know, let's just say I have a client and I bump into them and they're halfway down a bottle of wine. They've had a hard day. Now, if I was to start wagging my finger at them and be like, yo, you know better than that. Don't be stupid. That actually will just cause them to retreat. Mm-hmm. So they're going to retreat because they don't like the uncomfortable feeling of being judged. So now they're going to, that'll teach them to hide their behaviors. On the other hand, if I go, well, you've had a hard day. You're already halfway through. You might as well finish the other bottle. That's called enabling. And that doesn't move them forward. So compassion walks the middle road and says, let's understand how you got here and why you're doing this without judgment. And for me, that's what a coach did is I thought he was going to treat me the way I treated myself. I was beating myself up. I was angry at self-loathing. I was binge eating. I was spite eating, all this kind of stuff. And instead he showed me compassion, helped me to understand why I was doing what I was doing. And when I was able to connect the dots and really move into practicing self-love and self-compassion, um, that's when the shifts really started to happen. <clears throat> so I had to learn, I had to learn these things because it wasn't self-love and self-compassion wasn't really taught. Yeah. And it wasn't really something I was familiar with, especially being male. Yeah. And I, I think we, like, at least I see those kind of catchphrases, but yeah. I get the sense that as you talk about them, that there's a lot behind, behind yes. learning those. So how, how do you, how do you learn them? I think about like the stages of change. So the first stage is called awareness, right? So we become aware there's a problem here that I need to solve and I don't know how to do it. The next stage is like to make a decision. Okay, so I'm deciding to make a change, but there's, there's a little joke that goes, there's five frogs sitting on a log. Four of them decide to jump in the water. How many frogs are left in the log? Five. They made a decision. That doesn't mean they did anything. Okay. I was right. scared to answer. I was like, wait, let me, let me think. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, so... Making a decision doesn't mean you've actually started taking action. It just means you've made a choice, a conscious choice that I am going to take action, right? So you get to the place of decision. Then it's helpful to have like a strategy. So if you're going to take, you decide I'm going to take action. Well, what action am I going to take that's actually meaningful? Because there's a lot of people just like taking unhelpful actions, shall we say. You know, I'm going to cut out an entire food group. That's not sustainable, right? So you need to be strategic in terms of what you do. Um, I think setting up some form of accountability, whether it's with yourself, with an app, with a coach, with a friend, with a loved one, some kind of accountability, because we benefit as human beings from somebody just checking in on us. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. And then actually taking the action, right? So for me, how do you, how do you start to learn self-love? It started with brushing my teeth. And that sounds like such a small action that most of us take for granted. But when I was trapped in this mindset, so what we do is we have this picture of ourselves, this perception of ourselves, the sense of identity, we act out on repeat behaviors that reinforce that sense of identity. Hmm. So for me, my sense of identity was rooted. I'm worthless. I'm a fat loser. Everybody hates me. Nobody loves me. I'm not worth anything. Now, this is a really distorted view. I can look back now and go, oh my gosh, like I was trapped in this cognitive distortion. This wasn't true at all. I was taking how I felt about myself and projecting it onto everybody else and assume they must feel the same way because I figured they must see me the way I saw myself. That wasn't true, of course. So how do you shift a belief? Because beliefs drive behaviors. Mm -hmm. And it was to take an action, a small action, contrary to that belief on a repeated basis. And we chip away at that belief. So brushing my teeth was an act of self-care. 
that act or that action was contrary to this idea that I'm worthless, that I'm not worth investing, I'm not worth taking care of. And I could build on that. You know, drink, I put a, a, bottle, a bottle of water beside my bed every morning. So I drink maybe 500 mils or two cups of water in the morning. Okay, now I've hydrated and mm -hmm. so on. And so we just start to build these little acts of self-care and they just start to chip away at that belief. Wow, interesting. So were the, do you feel like there was some some magic to those things that you picked or, you know, as you're helping other people or is it just um, up to I, the individual? I wouldn't necessarily say to everybody, you have to start with brushing your teeth um, necessarily, but I, I would probably explore with them something that's meaningful. And when, when I encourage people to start, <clears throat> you know, I say like, how do we, how do we build a lifestyle again? You know, so it, let, we'll take one step back and sort of zoom out a little bit and go, okay, yeah. you want to lose weight. And you want to be able to keep it off for good. How are you going to do that? You're going to do that by building a lifestyle that you enjoy, that you can keep doing 10 years later, you know, maybe it'll have shifted, but you can kind of basically keep doing this thing. So if we look at it from the perspective of the brain, we go, how do we do that? Well, what we need is we need to repeat a behavior enough times that we don't have to think about it. We call that a habit, right? So we want to build that into it. So for each individual, we can start with a principle, let's say a principle like self-care, but we're going to decide what is the action we're going to set for you? You know, what's that behavior that you want to repeat that also reinforces a new belief or a new paradigm mm -hmm. or a new perspective behind that belief? So I kind of focus on what we call brain-driven weight loss in the work that I do. And it's relatively novel. I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. I don't think I'm the only one, but there's not a lot of people talking about it because you're still witnessing, I don't know, the Instagram fitness models and their Gymshark pants being mm -hmm. like, you know, here's my meal plan to get a bum like mine or something like that. Like, that's not my thing. That's not my jam, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, and I was curious about that. I saw on your, on your, um, in your work, brain-driven weight loss. Um, yeah. What, how, how would you define that? Like, what does that, what does that mean to you? Yeah. In a nutshell, like it's a term that I've coined uh, as far as I know, I don't, I haven't heard anyone else use it. Um, we want to shine a light on the fact that like, yes, what we eat matters and how we choose to be active or not. These factors will influence our weight and health, but it's the brain that drives our decision-making and our actions. And a lot of approaches to, say to lose weight or to create change or to transform ourselves. They take this outside in approach. I'm going to impose these rules and restrictions on you to force you to change that doesn't acknowledge the internal environment, our emotions, our mindset, our psychology, our habits. How about our social environment, our emotional environment, our relational environment, and so on. These are the factors that actually most powerfully influence our behaviors and ultimately our results. And on top of that, a lot of our actions take place at the, like the subconscious at the unconscious level, mm -hmm. part of which is because our brain forms habits. A behavior we repeat, our brain will automate. Why? So we don't have to think about it all the time because that precious conscious awareness is a limited resource. So everything that we can automate, we will. For example, you know, maybe you've driven from one place to another and you've done it a number of times. So you get there and you go, I don't remember driving here. How did I get here safely? <laughs> Your brain did it on autopilot. That's how amazing our brain is, right? So it's like, if we want to create something like permanent weight loss, we have to create permanent change. We call it transformation, but we, we can only create transformation by establishing a new pattern of behaviors. That new pattern of behaviors is going to come from a sense of identity, habits, beliefs, and, and all of this is possible because the brain has this really cool uh, property called neuroplasticity. It's, it's, it's kind of a buzzword nowadays, but it's the brain's ability to rewire itself. And so when we look at it from that perspective, there's like a whole new way of doing this that will actually potentially create permanent change. Oh, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. We've um, talked a little bit about neuroplasticity 
here, but I think the connection back to identity yeah. is what I, I mean, I've heard you say that a couple of times and, and yeah. that seems like maybe a missing piece for a lot of people. Do you, is, do you feel like that's yeah. true? hundred percent it is. And here, here's the other thing. So if you look at the way that human beings are kind of wired, why is coaching a thing in the age of Google? Because information is not the problem. Google gives us basically access to infinite information that we could never consume enough of. Like it's, it's there. So we don't have an information problem. We have a human problem. So when you go to transform your identity, most of these efforts are going to fail, especially if you try to do it by yourself. Here's why. So by nature, we like connection to other people. We're very social. And so when you go to transform yourself, you're actually making yourself very vulnerable. Um, you're exposing mm. yourself to potential danger from a primal biological perspective because you're going through this place of change. You're now more vulnerable. When you are connected to another human being who is seen as safe, somebody who quote unquote has your back, it's now safe to go through this process of transformation because you're not alone in it. When you try to do it alone, it's exceptionally difficult. And it's just because of how human beings are wired. It's why coaching is a thing. Interesting. I've not heard it explained that way. That makes so much sense. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Could I, um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about the um, eating, healthy eating, right? We know that yeah. that's, that's really important and, you know, becoming better versions of ourselves. Um, how do you help your clients to make it faster and easier? I, so I, I kind of have an engineering brain because I, I used to be an engineer as well. And so the way that my brain works, I think of what systems and processes. So I'm going to quote James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits. So James Clear really made habits kind of a, a mainstream thing with this book. And it's a great book. It's well worth the read. Um, he said, we don't rise to the level of our aspirations. We fall to the levels of our systems and habits. Now, this is true because whenever we're tired, we're going to default to the behaviors that don't require conscious thought. Mm. That's how our brain works. It'd be nice if it was like, yeah. But to be motivated all the time, you'd basically have to become like a meth addict or a cocaine addict, right? Because we can't manufacture motivation all the time. So when it's not there, what we're doing is we're operating on autopilot. And so again, when we understand that's how our brain works and we understand that it's like, oh my gosh, this stuff makes sense. I'm not motivated all the time. So I do what I call, I outsource my cooking to my appliances. So I've got like a, a slow cooker, uh, an instant pot, an air fryer, a rice cooker, and an oven. Now, most times if I'm putting something in one of these devices, I can just put it in there and it does its thing and I go away. I don't have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So if you were to consider compare, let's say if you go to a drive-thru, especially like during the busy times, like lunch, dinner, coffee, whatever, yeah. you're probably waiting like 10 minutes, five to 10 minutes in line, depending on what you're getting, you know? Yeah. Um, plus you're spending, you know, five to 10 bucks, you know, coffee ain't cheap these days, <laughs> right. you know? Well, it's like, I, I went and said, how do I make it so that I can make a healthy meal for like three bucks or less that takes me less than 10 minutes of prep work? Because then I'm beating like the, I'm beating what the drive-through is telling me mm -hmm. frozen vegetables. They're amazing. They're picked at peak freshness and they're flash frozen. So they basically lock in the nutrient integrity. So they actually hold it better than fresh. This is not to say don't eat fresh. Um, but I, let's say I'll roast my frozen veg. I have 25 different like spice and flavoring blends. So I can always introduce novelty through that. So maybe I'll throw some of those in the oven. No prep work required because I already cut into pieces. Um, you know, maybe I'll throw a couple of pork chops in my air fryer and, you know, hit go. Th throw a cup of rice in my, my rice cooker and hit go. And they'll take roughly 20 to 25 minutes to prep. You know, the frozen veggie do 425, 25 minutes, that kind of thing. 
So knowing that it's like, it takes less than probably six minutes to put all of this in motion and hit start on all these different appliances. And then I walk away, set a timer, walk away, mm. come back and ta-da, I have this healthy meal waiting for me. I just have to dish it up now. Nice. So if yeah. you can think about it like that, because I think what stops a lot of people from maybe even pursuing healthy eating is this idea that I have to slave away in the kitchen and spend hours and spend tons of money and all this kind of stuff. It's not true. Nice. You can make it really simple, but it's breaking free from this all or nothing perspective where it's like, this has to be this perfect, incredible gourmet meal. that's going to be healthy. I'm like, nah, like if you microwave your frozen vegetables, it's still better than, than going for like a triple bacon cheeseburger and poutine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you had the opportunity to give some advice to someone who was just starting out, like maybe they're listening to this and this is kind of like light bulb for them. Like I've got a, I've got to make changes, but I'm not started yet. How would you recommend that they begin? Well, I always ask my clients this question. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Now, the elephant is a metaphor for a really big problem we're facing. Mm -hmm. The challenge is we look at the size of that problem. Let's say I have to lose 50 pounds or 80 pounds or something like that. And we get the sense that the magnitude of the solution has to match the magnitude of the problem. Mm -hmm. And that's impossible. The equivalent is trying to swallow the elephant whole. doesn't work, but you eat it one bite at a time. Now, there was another really cool perspective I heard recently, and it was this idea that, you know, we think about if we were to go back in the past, one small action creates this massive ripple effect. So we'd, hate, we'd be worried about going back in the past and one small action creating this chain ripple event that entirely changes the future. But I'm like, well, hang on a sec. Imagine if you did a small action today that had like this ripple effect that massively changed your future. It goes back to this idea that creating massive change doesn't require massive action. That makes a great meme on the internet, a great motivational meme. But the truth is these little actions, man, they have these huge spillover effects. So the other piece of the puzzle might be this. We need what we call an emotionally compelling reason. And what that does is that attaches meaning to a small action that otherwise by itself would seem meaningless. So for me, for example, like I'm a dad, why do this is because I want to be an active dad. I want to get on the floor and play with my kid. You know, we can expand in more detail when we talk about parenting, <laughs> but that at its core is like, I have a reason why I want it that attaches meaning to these small actions. Gotcha. Nice. So the, the advice would be find what, you know, find your why and then find a small action Yeah, that will help you, you move know, in that direction. Start, start with the small action. So don't, don't try to match the size of the problem with an equivalent size solution. Cause that's a guaranteed recipe for failure. Nice coach, John. Thanks so much for being here. It's been an absolute pleasure, man. It was so great to have coach John on the podcast here. I'm so thankful that he shared some of his time and his knowledge with us. I just benefited so much. From listening. I hope that you did too. If you would like to connect with Coach John and follow his work and continue to benefit from him, there's a link in the show notes to freedomnutritioncoach.com where you can get his ebook, which will show you how to crush your cravings. So check that out, download that book, and continue to work on becoming the best possible version of your self. I want to just revisit a couple of those themes that I asked you to listen for that were throughout the interview. Number one, the importance of identity in this health journey that you and I 
are on. We have to change our beliefs. We have to get used to the idea of changing who we are in order ultimately to be successful. Of course, that can be scary. That means that we're going to maybe feel like an outsider, even in our own life, in our own situations that where we used to feel comfortable, we used to feel a sense of belonging. Now things are going to change. And that is a part of the process. That is okay. But that also means having some support is very helpful. And I would argue necessary in the process. So acknowledge that, embrace it, and get the support that you need in order to keep on moving forward in becoming the best version of yourself, in changing who you are in order to be a healthier version of who you are. Another theme I asked you to listen for was about how it costs less to eat healthy, how it takes less time to eat more nutritious meals. There it is. I've heard that excuse so many times. It costs too much to eat healthy. It takes too much time. I don't have the time. I'm too busy. Let's drop the excuses. We can find a way. And Coach John explained, hey, here's a way that might work for you. If that does, awesome. If there's something else, great. The bottom line is we need to make changes to the way that we're eating in order to improve health. Right? We know that. We need to make changes to the way we're living in order to actually change, in order to be healthier. So we have to find a way. We have to find a way. And the excuse of, well, I haven't done it because it costs too much money. I haven't done it because I don't have the time. We can take that right out of the way today because of what we heard, because of that great advice and that coaching on how to make it happen. And maybe we need to be honest with ourselves and maybe those excuses right? It costs too much. It takes too much time. Maybe they were actually serving us. Maybe they were helping us to stay the same, helping us to stay comfortable. And those excuses are more than just our reasons um, that are, that are you know, we say standing in our way. Those are my barriers. Maybe they're actually more like uh, a protective little shield that we put around ourselves to keep us from moving forward, Right? So let's attack the excuses. I think that's the bigger theme there. Whatever is standing in your way, take a good look at it. Is that really true? Or is it serving some other purpose in terms of just keeping us comfortable, keeping us the same when deep inside we want to make a bigger change? And then, of course, that advice, we hear it over and over again. You've heard it from so many experts here on the podcast. You've heard it from me. And Coach John explained it so well. The magnitude of the solution does not have to match the magnitude of the problem. And if we try to match the magnitude of the solution that we decided with the magnitude of the problem, chances are we are going to fail. We are not going to be successful. But instead, if we just attach meaning to tiny actions, little steps that we can take starting right now. We will 
move closer to the solution. Thank you so much for joining me here on the Begin Within podcast this week. Please join the community that I mentioned, free Facebook group where I'm going to be coaching you each and every single day. I'm already there. I'm there every day already. Come and join us. Click on the link in the show notes. Come be part of moving in the right direction, taking small steps each and every day to solve the health and fitness problems that are in front of you right now. There is support all around you. Just reach out and get what you need. I'll talk to you next week. If you are tired of feeling frustrated and disappointed with fitness and you're ready to get on the path to being the healthy person you want to be, just go to beginwithin.fit and click the Join Our Challenge button. We can't wait to support you in your fitness journey and help you to get the results you deserve.